Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Welcome to our season two recap episode where we will be reflecting on the entire season as a whole and just really having fun looking back, you know, down memory lane of the entire second season of Gilmore Girls. We've really come a long way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Before we get into stuff, we wanted to let you all know what's going to be happening in the next few months uh, for us. So, All of November, we have some interviews planned. Um, Our first one will be with John Cabrera, and then we've got a lineup of some pretty great Gilmore Girls fandom and content creators that we've been talking to, and we're excited for you to hear all of those interviews. So we'll have one every week in November, so you won't be missing out on us too much. (laughs) And we'll come back for season three on January 3rd, 2023. It's a lot of threes. <laughs> the new, a new year, a new season, and a new us. We'll have a new yeah, logo. <laughs> yeah. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Same old awesome content, but exciting new logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note of our content, if you have enjoyed our season two so far and haven't yet reviewed us or followed, etc. on whatever platform you're using to listen to podcasts, we would love to request that you give us a review and rating again on Apple or Spotify, wherever you are. This really helps other people find us. It gives us good feedback and we just would really, really appreciate it. Thank you for your consideration, as they say, (laughs) for the Emmys. (laughs) And for Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games. Right? Mm. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your consideration. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, after she has just demonstrated. Yeah, like shot something at the pig with all the people eating. <laughs> and she, like, bows, yeah. kind of. <laughs> Anyways, on that note. <laughs> so, yeah. To start things off, should we do our <laughs> attempts at recapping the entire s- season in 60 seconds? Oh, God. I think so, because... It's my opinion that when people listen to us doing the Talking Fast segment, they're probably like, they are so good at this. They should definitely challenge themselves further (laughs) and try to do the whole season in 60 seconds. Yeah, Um, I'm sure that's accurate. (laughs) Okay, Suzanne has volunteered as tribute. We're going to keep going on our Hunger Games kick. (laughs) Surprise, we're a Hunger Games podcast now. (laughs) Uh, Are you ready? Yes, I I think so. Okay, on your mark. Get set, go. So we start off with Lorelai being engaged to Max, which is surprising at the end of the season. And they obviously break up. She calls Chris, the first time Chris shows up for the season. And then they go to Harvard. And Rory, throughout the season, is trying to become more involved in school. She joins the Puffs and gets busted. (laughs) And she also attempts to do extracurricular activities. And she becomes better friends with Paris, which I think is important. Um, She's also presented to society and surprise, surprise, Christopher is around again. (laughs) And I also noted that Tristan finally disappears, but we also get another view of uh, Dean's jealousy. Speaking of which, Jess arrives in this season and Rory is into him as soon as they talk about books. Uh, That's her love language. Oh, God. And Lorelai hates him and they get into a crash and things go badly with that. Um, at the same time, Suki and Jackson are engaged. Lorelai is still into Chris. Uh, God, I, <laughs> I, I, I was way too detailed. <laughs> way I too thought detailed. you started off really strong. Uh, um, but yeah, you got about <laughs> half the season, I would yeah. say. <laughs> uh, okay, are you ready to go? Still admirable effort. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, God, I think. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Go. 
The season kicks off in summer. Lorelai is engaged, but not for long. She calls Chris, and then her and Max break up. She ghosts him. Then they go to Harvard together with Rory. Uh, when Lorelai gets back, she doesn't do too much dating for the rest of the season. Um, her and Luke grow closer, I would say. Uh, but then they have a fight, so that's unfortunate, and they're still not really... Um, Friends again by the end of the season, so to be continued with that. Rory, in the meantime, um, is at Chilton. I totally forgot about the Puffs and Tristan. Uh, she's getting close with Paris. They're going to be president and vice president together. She meets Jess because Jess is there. Um, there's drama there. There's the whole New York thing. Um, there's the wedding with Suki and Jackson. Uh, what else am I missing? Um, Richard retires. He goes through a whole thing. Now he has a business. Emily is around looking great. Um, <laughs> wow. You got way more than oh, I did. <laughs> I feel like I kind of cheated by like just mentioning a lot of the recent things we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, but, we know. do have a mid-season recap already out there for interested True. fans. <laughs> I think we got some broad strokes down. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything major that we missed in our recaps? I think we both missed Lorelai and Emily stuff. Like mm. they had that that loan stuff. So there's like the oh, money right. dynamic. And then they also had that spa weekend. But then they also had the booster club thing. So they mm. kind of had, I would say, a much... Uh, smoother relationship than season one but they had their drama <laughs> right right and I suppose there was Lane becoming a drummer mm -hmm. uh which was recent but still important yeah I think that was mostly it but mm -hmm. I mean gosh 22 episodes you know a lot can happen <laughs> and a lot did happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the most significant storylines that you can think about the most significant storylines that come to mind I think would be the love triangle of it all between Rory Dean and Jess and then kind of related to that but the Rory and Lorelai mm -hmm. uh, character characterization and their like actions in throughout the season so I think we could start with whichever one of those I know that we had like a lot of thoughts about the various conflict and choices that Lorelai and Rory would make, especially in the second half of the season. So I think this is a time for us to kind of attempt to synthesize a bit with our hindsight now, like our larger feelings and opinions. <laughs> yeah, I kind if of that makes sense. think that both of those are intertwined because mm -hmm. part of the love triangle between Rory, Jess, and Dean is also includes Lorelai because she's so such a team Dean person and like mm -hmm. she I've I think I've said it multiple times before but I feel like she is part of the reason that Rory refuses to acknowledge her feelings about Jess for most of the season yeah and continues on with Dean and not mm -hmm. to take away any of the culpability of Rory for cheating on Dean but I yeah I think there is something there with her be inability to recognize what's actually happening or denial yeah I've been I was thinking about my thoughts on this and in our last episode I noted that I'd kind of like come a bit full circle where I was thinking about the characterization of Lorelai and how I'm like oh I think this is what they're trying to do <laughs> uh with her um and in a similar time, I also came across a couple TikToks that um, I think you've seen as well, right? I bet a lot of people, mm -hmm. if you're on like Gilmore Girls TikTok, uh, the account is called Emma Mahoney. That's like Emma dot Mahoney, M-A-H-O-N-Y. And her account is, um, she does like pop culture references and related to therapy. So like if this character came to therapy, what would we talk about? And she's got one for Lorelai and Rory both. And with uh -huh. Rory specifically, she talks about the pressures of what she calls golden child syndrome and also her hard time facing criticism. And as a result of her avoiding conflict, her pattern of infidelity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
those are all things we've kind of talked about in one way or another this season as I like seeing that this groundwork for what comes later on it's like it's very much there and I think part of my experience of recapping season two has just been coming to terms with like they're really exploring each character and their issues and what results from those issues you know and I think where the critiques come in is when it's like do they want to show us this like realistic nuanced portrayal of a character or do they sometimes like idealize the character romanticize (laughs) them or portray them as like a hero and their faults are kind of erased or viewed as like the opposite of faults like strengths or just traits um I think that's where the our critiques come in like sometimes I think we're identifying something they wanted to do and other times Mm -hmm. it's like oh they think Lorelai is this main character right now doing and she can do no wrong but we're like but she is doing something wrong (laughs) (laughs) we do analyze some of their actions also as if they were real people making these choices Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then I think other times we are pretty good about like criticizing how the show is doing certain things so I think that's that's always a little like uh nugget we never quite mention as we're doing our Friday night dinners but Mm. it's still important and I yeah I like this TikTok I only saw the Rory one but I like Mm. that she is kind of treating Rory as if she was a real person seeing what what we see in her character and yeah what was the Lorelai one I I haven't seen that one yet the Lorelai one, I think you'll like this. Um, so for Lorelai, it's about how she needs to grieve her personal development that she lost. So when she huh? became pregnant at 16, she wasn't able to identify a strong sense of self. And her identity became like mother and mom to Rory. Mm-hmm. And so the second thing they talk about is boundaries. <laughs> with oh, gosh. Rory. And surprise, right? And how enmeshed she is with Rory and how her identity is part of that as well. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing was talking about avoidant attachment and how she doesn't allow herself to trust other people because she learned early on she could only trust herself. So now that affects her relationships with others that she doesn't trust them. It's like Mm -hmm. very spot on. Wow. (laughs) Very much. Yeah, the enmeshment Mm -hmm. is exactly what I was talking about, saying that the love triangle is not just a triangle because it includes Lorelai in there, like Mm -hmm. advocating for Dean at every move. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like, yeah, and I, the avoiding, the avoidant attachment style or her not trusting other people, I think fits into that too, because for better or for worse, she seems to trust Dean. Like, it's like she accept- mm-hmm. accepted him into the inner circle as an acceptable boyfriend for Rory once he proved himself to them. And so now it's like, well, you can't let him go. Or if you do, you definitely can't let Jess in. You know, like, she does not trust him at all. Yeah, she is a personification of the entire town when it comes to Jess. Like, just the absolute exclusion of the poor guy and which leads to like a self-fulfilling prophecy about him being a menace but nobody Mm. accepts him nobody's nice to him which leads him to menacing behavior especially as a teenager this um the tiktok account does have one for jess i don't Uh i didn't take notes on it as much but one of the first things was anger management (laughs) Mm -hmm. of of like anger as a learned behavior and reaction to frustration and working through um how you shouldn't always like react with through anger as he does yeah the to return a bit to the the Lorelai of it all thinking about her as distrusting of others in terms of romantic relationships also, I think, offers a bit of insight into the whole will they, won't they with Luke throughout this season. On the one hand, I think maybe they're trying to just stretch out the storyline because um, mm-hmm. it is a challenge to have a happy couple together, you know, like, and I think we see that later on, like, how do you write it once they're together? But second, like, if she can trust Luke to the extent that he's like her friend, I return like to the line she's she the closest she's ever come to 
acknowledging his feelings for her, I feel like was much earlier in the season when she kind of has that line about like, you're my friend. I can rely on you. I don't want to like mess with that if I'm remembering that correctly. So it's Mm -hmm. like she can trust him in the role he's currently in in her life, but not beyond that. I wonder if that can also be brought into her relationship with Chris, who (laughs) historically she hasn't been able to trust but mm-hmm. she's always kept him as like a possibility. Like as soon as she feels like she's able to trust him, then their relationship could be perfect. It just needs to get to that one moment. And unfortunately, that one moment comes right before Sherry gets pregnant. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of that also has to do with her kind of like in her inability to or maybe that has to do with the like personal development that she's <laughs> grieving because it was 16 years ago that she was in a relationship with this guy. And of course, he's always been in her life because he's Rory's dad. So it's not like she could just move on from that. But it's also like she hasn't, so she hasn't really had a chance to develop her taste in men and her ability to have a relationship without him always being on the sidelines, which we really see her kind of recognize in that the episode um, after Sherry comes and he, she tells mm-hmm. him and Luke's and he gets really pissed off about it. I thought, rightfully, you disagreed. <laughs> Our first disagreement. <laughs> uh, I think it's, re- it's really interesting because the return of Chris is, I think, another significant storyline in this season um, where we see him early on and then like sporadically throughout. And the theme is like, oh, look, Chris is changing and becoming an actual adult and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think primarily through his relationship with Sherry. And it's like she's done the work to make him the way he is. And the end result is like him showing up for Lorelai and her learning to like rely on him a bit more maybe. Um, and then like the height of that is the most recent episode we watched where she like is open to a romantic possibility with him. And he seems like at his most reliable and trustworthy. But I think we both were hesitant of that. Like even within this, I just, I guess the trustworthiness is a facade and maybe even Chris himself doesn't realize the extent of the facade, but that's kind of, I think the tragic irony of the ending of that season, partially because he's willing to like betray or disregard the very person, Sherry, who helps him get there. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, why I continue to not stand Christopher, even though I think he looked hot a few times this season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking as much as Christopher is always trying to convince Lorelai of his trustworthiness and growth, he's trying to convince himself of it even more. I don't Mm -hmm. even know if Mm -hmm. any of it's really genuine, per se, Um, As you said, a lot of it wouldn't have happened without Sherry, which makes me question whether it's actually him or if he's being kind of, or if he's putting himself into this box for this specific relationship, but it's not really him. And I think we'll definitely see more about that as the relationship (laughs) progresses. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he's just a sporadic character, to be honest. (laughs) Agreed. He's not not very likable, Mm -hmm. even if he is conventionally handsome (laughs) (laughs) something else you made me think about is Lorelai like with her identity I suppose as a mom like that's her firm sense of self and then she's had like her dating life and it seems like she's tried to keep them separate and she struggled with when she was in a relationship with Max bringing him into her relationship with Rory that was like bringing in someone potentially who would also take on a role in their life. And it was her hesitation that was, I think, ultimately a major factor in her breakup with Chris, that like iconic moment where he like asks her what role he'll have in Rory's life. And she's basically Mm -hmm. like, I hadn't thought about it. (laughs) You'll just be here for me. (laughs) And one reason why bringing in Luke would be, I think, slightly more seamless because he already holds Mm -hmm a role in Rory's life. Yeah. It also makes me think this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but the fact that she's 
not really able to have a successful relationship until Rory's out of the house is mm. kind of telling with that. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that in a couple of seasons. <laughs> Maybe this right, time next like, year. <laughs> does Rory's absence allow Lorelai to gain a bit more like personal development, mm-hmm. like stronger sense of self. Like it's almost like she is also the college kid, you know, like mm-hmm. because that's kind of a time when kids themselves have growth is when you're off on your own in college. Um, and I'll have a follow up thought about that uh, later in our alternate <laughs> series. But um, I feel like I had one last thought on this. Oh, I just think the other thing related to Lorelai's like halt to her sense of self is something we've related to her relationship with Emily and Richard as well. Like, I think they, too, (laughs) experience that, like, delay. And we've talked a bit about how their relationship with Lorelai seems to be, like, frozen in time. And I think this season we saw a bit of them trying to move forward. Yeah, they kind of got to go through some of those milestones that would have happened Also, if she hadn't had Rory, potentially, like she graduated, so they got to be proud about that. They also got to see her like kind of at work in her own element in a way. Richard, the first time that didn't go well, but then when she helped him out, it went well. (laughs) So they kind of saw her like maturity, at least in a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, we'll see what happens there. I feel like we're due for a big gilmore fight because we haven't really had one for a while (laughs) bring it on oh dear (laughs) do we have anything else to say about the rory dean and jess plot line at all not really well the only other the only other thing i'd want to say is like to point out lorelei's extreme hatred of jess and i think we've mentioned it a couple times i think it's because he is so similar to her in so many ways and also because she isn't able to just charm him right off the bat but then the to the lengths to which she takes that and like the entire town um of just ostracizing him and then blaming Luke as well for everything that happens it made me not like Lorelai often in this season which is sad because I love Lorelai but Mm. There were many episodes where I was just like, I can't stand what she's doing in this case. (laughs) And yeah, I felt bad for Jess. And I know that it's he's a controversial figure in the fandom, of course, because he is like a petulant teenager and he does Mm -hmm. make a lot of mistakes himself as well. And I've already given my whole defense of Jess in the past, but Mm -hmm. I, I just think the the role of the town and of Lorelai in his downfall within Stars Hollow in this season, I think can't be ignored. And we'll see what happens when he's back. Um, but I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing for him. I'll just say mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think this season, I think the second half of the season in particular doesn't have the most shining moments for Lorelai mm-hmm. as a character. I think this is really the, the height of some of her problems coming forward that Mm -hmm. we've been discussing for a while now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I do think also the, I had moments where I felt the same way about Rory and her actions Mm -hmm. as well. I just felt very perplexed, just perplexed all the time of why Rory wouldn't just break up with Dean. (laughs) Like it just seems like it would solve all the problems not all of them of course because you've still got Lorelai and her opinions about Jess but thinking about Rory as the product of Lorelai and the pressures of being the perfect child and her avoidance of conflict which like leads to infidelity which is another conflict like yeah um just like coming to see yeah coming to see her as averse to change and like afraid of it I think makes so much sense of her actions like although they can be frustrating on the other hand it's also like that does make a shit ton of sense for her Mm -hmm. character (laughs) yeah uh so you're right like a while ago you said we we analyze I think I think we do analyze the show from two angles sometimes it's like I don't think that character should have done that 
and then all, sometimes it's more on the meta like show level of like the writing of it all and I think that's fine because- yeah they're both good in their own ways and like there are some things that so easily lend themselves to at like having a more meta critique like when there's mm-hmm. homophobic or fatphobic jokes and stuff like yeah. that that's clearly a problem with the show and kind of the culture mm-hmm. surrounding the show mm-hmm. but then when it's like Rory's averse to change that's clearly something about her character that you know maybe was purposeful but we can still critique it (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely (laughs) and I was just gonna add with her aversion to change like sometimes it's not just about the things in her environment or like externally happening but we've also seen her be super averse to change in her own mentality and like Mm -hmm. her goals in life which will be huge like really um, impactful as she grows up a little bit her inability to kind of accept when she needs to pivot or come up with a new idea or something like that so yeah yeah keep that in mind (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) pin that one for later yeah (laughs) on the question of like the Rory and Dean and their non breakup I found myself thinking like what would the season have looked like if Rory had broken up with Dean sooner and I think about like a couple of moments a tisca to task it which is episode 13 like Mm -hmm. maybe Dean could have had enough and broken up with her for like going on the date with Justin or episode 15 I wrote down I don't remember which that was right now. Was that maybe the bracelet episode? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he could have discovered Jess had her bracelet and broken up with her. Or you've got the tutoring thing. Like, once Dean heard about the car crash, he could have broken up with her. Or the finale. Like, I imagine what if Dean had seen her kiss Jess? Because he's at the Mm -hmm. wedding, too. Like, what if he'd gone looking for her and witnessed it? And you'll notice in all of these frameworks, it's like Dean is the one breaking up with her because I feel like that could be a workaround. Like I do at this point, I do buy the fact that Rory is like too scared of change to break up with Dean. So like I but I do think there's there are spots where maybe Dean could have had enough and broken up with her. Maybe the rest of season two could have been her like reckoning with that. Like I imagine she'd be really like freaked out by Dean breaking up with her so then maybe early season three is when her and Jess get together or maybe she'd hop right to Jess and then it would probably be a thing like when you're a relationship girl and you don't give yourself time in between like do you ever get to like process Mm -hmm. (laughs) things and that's another reason I think there's possibility for alternative versions to this yeah I was all those instances you brought up where Dean could have broken up with Rory have one other thing in common, which is Lorelai convinces Dean that everything is going to be okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. except maybe uh, with the car crash because we don't see them really interact after that. But like the yeah, Tisket Tasket, yeah, she like gives him a whole talking to about how you know Rory would never do that to him. Blah blah blah. Same with the bracelet episode and. All of that. So uh, they kind of, Rory and Lorelai act together in keeping this relationship going. Mm. Yeah. You know, Lorelai being enmeshed in Rory. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is why Lauren Graham and Jared Padalecki have such good chemistry. <laughs> you know, there was that. We have, I think we talked about that either last season or this season. Um, maybe there's something a bit deeper there about how. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't want to make the inappropriate joke. Uh, I'll just leave that at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably. Someone probably has a fan fiction out there. I'm not going to get into that depravity. I've been watching Game of Thrones and I, I've had enough <laughs> of inappropriate relationships. Cersei and Jamie. <laughs> not just Cersei and Jamie. We've got now Renera and Damon everybody's obsessed they're with Targaryens, their relationship you know it's fine for them <laughs> apparently within the world of game of thrones <laughs> gosh <laughs> anyways were there any other like big storylines you wanted to bring up we have some kind of more minor storylines but that are still like important and were kind of a light in the show i think mm-hmm. the suki and jackson storyline the like rory becoming better friends with 
Paris storyline and then Lane's becoming a drummer, which we only got like at the very end. But yeah, (laughs) that'll progress. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that other than agreeing that they were very like bright lights within the other portions of the season. And I could always just use way more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me more of Suki, Paris, Lane. I would never say no to more episodes with them. Yeah. What would an episode of Gilmore Girls be like without Rory or Lorelai? Just everybody else. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be really interesting. It makes me think of a Ryan Murphy show, The Politician, with Ben Platt. Hmm. I never saw that. It's basically, you know, Ben Platt is a politician and it's all about his campaign. And then in one of the very last episodes, each time it's just from the perspective of the like people who are voting in the election. Ah. So like it removes itself from the main characters completely. And it just follows like a couple people who are deciding who to vote for. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, It's actually very neat, you know, like like a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff. There's definitely strengths, but then he just loses the thread entirely. (laughs) Uh, But that's neither here nor there right now. So I wonder if it would be something like that, like following a single day through like the focalization of a couple townspeople, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe you just see like Rory and Lorelai in the background, like at a table, but it's about like Kirk um, something. That could be really fun. Yeah, that would be really cool. Instead of doing another reboot, they should do something like that. (laughs) I think they have the material for Mm -hmm. it you know like it's not like a show that doesn't fully flesh out its supporting cast like we all we have a clear sense of all of these characters Mm -hmm. like and we have investment in them so I think there's like no danger in that episode being like boring or like them having no content to build off of like it's all there at their fingertips (laughs) they can hire us for writers we would be very happy to do that (laughs) Yeah, pitch some stories. I think be, <laughs> we'll we'll pitch our alternative alternate theories a bit more later yeah. on, and I think <laughs> that will sell sell us. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Okay, so we've covered some significant storylines. Were there any episodes that stand out as like, if you could only rewatch one or two from the season, what would be your go-to to to rewatch now that we've watch them all so closely (laughs) i think this won't be a surprise to anybody but the bracebridge dinner of course is one for me Mm -hmm. i also think um teach me tonight that was the car crash episode i like that one just because it's so important to the entire season trajectory and it changes everything and i also just like seeing the kind of like (laughs) the choices being made by Rory and Jess while they both know that they're making bad choices I kind of like that yeah the like keep driving yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know that like one that pause before she says it Mm. is just full of anticipation takes my breath away (laughs) Yeah. yeah and then also the final episode I think that was just like I mean we said it last week it's just like so tightly written with these storylines coming to a head just enough that leaves you satisfied for the season but also there's so much that needs to happen to wrap things up for next season so Mm -hmm. yeah those those three I think are my can't miss season two episodes there are others of course that I liked but those are my top three I think 
What were yours? Well, first, I would watch all three of those. I really like all of those as well. Uh, mine are A Tisket to Tasket. It's like iconic relationship drama and Stars Hollow Festival. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 21 and 22. So right before the finale and then the finale. Uh, but Lorelai's graduation day I feel like also has it all it has the like extremely sentimental moment with Richard and Emily which I feel like is really well it's just it's like a really good I think reward like for everything we've seen them working through to like see them there and having that moment with her it's just like a really good payoff to the last two seasons of them like fighting and resolving (laughs) and whatever uh, and but then it's also paired with like the Rory and the Jess and then the Rory missing the graduation yeah. like the stakes are just really high in that episode and then it you know it pays off it leads well into the finale yeah I'd agree with that I think for the Lorelai's graduation day I really don't care much for the like prep of graduation scenes like those mm-hmm. kind of backstage scenes kind of bore me and annoy me a little bit but the rest of the episode (laughs) is so good yeah actually I remember recapping that episode and getting like bogged down in the preparation Mm -hmm. scenes so then by the time we got to talk about like the really big moment and then all of the Roy stuff it was like I'd almost spent too much (laughs) of my energy on remembering the details of freaking Seth MacFarlane or whoever that was (laughs) Um, so I agree that's a a point well taken (laughs) What, was there an episode that you would cut out specifically from the second half since we did the same thing for the first half of the season already? Yes. Um, and this is no disrespect to Luke, but episode 17, uh, which was Dead Uncles and Vegetables, which was primarily about like Luke processing the death of his uncle and planning the funeral. Lorelai and Rory kind of took over the diner. Emily got involved in Suki's wedding for some reason. I just feel like of, you know, and that was one of the ones like right before the sort of like four or five episodes that were building the ending, you know, it just didn't, I just didn't, I didn't love it really. It didn't, I like filler, but of filler episodes, it wasn't as appealing to me. I would agree with that. I think, um, Except for Lorelai's awesome jacket that we mentioned in the funeral scene mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, another one that I didn't, I don't know, it's hard because I would cut out parts of it but leave other parts in would be the <laughs> It Should Have Been Lorelai episode where we mm. meet Sherry. I obviously would have left that part in, <laughs> the meeting Sherry. Mm. And also like Lorelai's kind of revelation at the end of that episode where she tells Christopher that she's been holding out for him basically and he gets angry but the rest of that episode I don't remember much of what happened in it and I also like I don't know it just didn't seem to add that much to the storyline except for building up the Sherry uh, and Chris stuff there's a debate I remember yeah (laughs) yeah we saw like a poor Brad guy being raked across the coals by pears which is always fun but also <laughs> yeah I would add to that something else we wanted to consider are our favorite characters mm-hmm. from the season including surprising new favorites and as you were talking about Sherry I would agree that the that episode not necessarily one of my favorites but I do love that it introduces Sherry to us and She is a polarizing figure (laughs) in the fandom, which I have since learned because I put out a TikTok about her. Yeah. (laughs) A hot new bombshell has entered the villa. Um, That's my TikTok, (laughs) right? And I get, I still to this day get comments about how people, most people seem to dislike Sherry. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a few who say they like her. But there's also a lot commenting on the actor saying she's from Riverdale. She's from Twin Peaks, like a lot of yeah. Gossip Girl. Um, so I still get comments about that. <laughs> so I think this is an important episode and character that people still care about one way or another now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those comments are like such an interesting kind of dive into uh, age ranges, I think, mm-hmm. and what shows people are watching because 
Riverdale, I watched like the first season, but it's it's not I don't know, it's not it's not for me <laughs> as mm-hmm. and, and I watch a lot of teen shows, so that's saying something, but yeah. um <laughs> it's not of my generation, whereas like Twin Peaks is slightly before so I watched that later when I was an adult. Obviously that came out in the nineties. And then Gilmore Girls and Gossip Girl are like our kind of cup yeah. of tea time. <laughs> so yeah, Definitely. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're in an interesting position as like fans of Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. because you've got like from the OG, you've got from the reruns, you've then got from Netflix, which has encompassed a lot of people and I think continues to mm-hmm. do so. Uh, and a lot of younger people as well. So yeah. hence the Riverdale of the Sherry reference. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to bring it back to the actual episode. Did you have any other favorite characters? Not really. I would say my favorites remain my mm-hmm. favorites. And my least favorite is probably still Chris, you know. So yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing else really changed. This season just, I think, continued to confirm for me like, I love Emily, Paris, Lane, Sookie, um, Rory and Lorelai to a certain extent. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> um, they're incredibly important, of course, and I like them. But um, I think it's just, you know, it, it it is what it is. Like if this was a show entirely about Paris and Lorelai and Rory were in the background, I'd probably be wanting more of them too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like part of it is just the nature of are they a main character or not, et cetera. Yeah. But how about, how about you? <laughs> I Mine also stayed the same except for season two, I'm finally able to add Jess in there as one of my favorite mm-hmm. characters, although I don't think I ever excluded him, so <laughs> okay, yeah. you can say. Yeah. Um, He's up there for me, too. Like, just anything with him is so much more exciting mm-hmm. than Dean. I'm sorry, yeah, he's got but his, I'm not. <laughs> you know, just sass attacks. He, like, has such a more expressive face. And I I don't mean that but to say that, like, Jared Padalecki's not a great actor, because he is. But I think, mm-hmm. like, the the facial expressions and the chemistry are just completely different between the two of them. Uh, yeah. Undeniable. <laughs> yeah. And my biggest defense of Dean is the writing, you know, like Jared Padalecki can only work so much Mm -hmm. with what he's given as well. And I think most people can acknowledge that once Jess comes into the picture, if not before, like they really kind of throw Dean by the wayside Mm -hmm. in terms of characterization. They kind of stop or like just... I don't even know what they do to him. Like, just give him nothing. He has nothing to offer us because he was not offered anything by the writer. His only redeeming attribute is his love of Lord of the Rings, which I cannot fault him for. Uh. Right. If he just talked about that all the time, maybe we'd, we yeah. would feel different. Alas. <laughs> I wrote down for my least favorite characters, Chris, of course, and then Lorelai, question mark, because of all the things we've been talking mm. about. And I really think it's important to say again, because I don't want people to think that we just hate Lorelai. I really like Lorelai. She's one of my favorite TV characters in general. But one of the best things I think about Gilmore Girls is that they write flawed characters and they're Mm -hmm. like characters that do have specific character growth, (laughs) at least Lorelai and Rory um character arcs sometimes they regress you know but that's that's how real life is also so Lorelai is in my least favorite for parts of this season but she's still in my most favorite overall for tv so Mm -hmm. I'll just put that out there (laughs) no I think I think that's a good thing to flag just in case we are coming across that way I like agree completely with how you described that. And I think the the low character moments just make the high character moments even better. Mm-hmm. So we're while we might be in a a valley right now, we will get to the peak soon, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and this just makes her an even better character coming out of this. I hope. If they write I can't remember, like I said, brain fog about how <laughs> season three opens. But um to that I would also add Thinking about, like, Lorelai, you know, I kind of lost track of the fact that she was coming into the season on the, like, 
her broken engagement, you know? And I wonder if secretly or not secretly, like if that's partially in the background of a lot of her behavior, Mm -hmm, like her sense of like a failed relationship and will she ever be able to be in a relationship with someone like and if part of her hesitation and her own self-doubt feeds into her desperation for Rory to be like, well, she has this with Dean, so we have to save Mm -hmm. it and protect it because even if I can't have that like Rory can with this guy and I think to a certain point, if that is part of the, I I feel like that would be a compelling backstory, but I don't know if they showed it really. I feel like I'm adding that. (laughs) So that's some of the other things. Like if we have to write it to make it set, to make it make sense, like (laughs) then we're doing a bit more work than I think they should ask of the viewer. But um, openness of interpretation is also a strength though. So it's like somewhere in between those two things. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) what about the experience of the sort of like slow week by week rewatch did that cause you to have any sort of epiphanies or realizations about season two I think the biggest one for me was with Lorelai starting out having like just accepting Max Medina and also Mm -hmm. like how integral Chris Christopher is to like her entire storyline with Max Sometimes when I, Mm -hmm. like when I've, you know, binge watched Gilmore Girls, it seems like Chris just pops in and out just to cause havoc. But yeah, (laughs) slowly rewatching it, you really see that it builds and grows throughout the season, even though he does just pop in and out for episodes. But with that first, like she calls Chris right before she breaks Mm -hmm. off the wedding, pretty much. However, she did that. Poor Max. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, watching it so slowly really kind of cemented that for me. At first, I was going to say it seemed like such a huge change between the beginning and the end of the season based off of her relationships, but the through line for all of it is Christopher. But I, I feel like the first half of the season and the second half of the season also have very different feels just based yeah. off of the drama that's happening. So, Yeah, this is something we talked about at the very start of our recaps of season two that it felt like maybe one through three mm-hmm. felt like they belonged at the end of season one and if that were the case maybe season two I mean sorry season one would have ended in a similar fashion as season two did with this really like emotional open ended open end to the season um where like Lorelai's life is in turmoil and the same thing would have been true if season one ended after she broke off the wedding Mm -hmm. and then season two could have opened up with like the Harvard trip and then the return to Stars Hollow like okay now we got to get back to real life and it's season two now um and so I thought it started off a little wobbly like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um And the other component of my experience of the slow rewatch, which I think came through in our recent recaps, I complained, I think, several times about just how frustrated I was feeling and my desire for, like, things to come to a head. And I think that was definitely a product of watching it so slowly. And if I were to, you know, do the classic binge where I imagine I'd watch, like, all (laughs) four episodes in one sitting, right? I do think the ending... And the way that it unfolds throughout, like, really, like, those last four episodes with, like, the car crash and on, it's very, I, it's well-written. Mm-hmm. I like that they develop that across four episodes. Um, and I think my experience was really informed by taking four weeks to, to be yeah. able to see the results, you know. But I think in hindsight now, if I were to watch this again, I do have positive feelings about the ending of the season overall. Yeah, the middle of it, the beginning and parts of the middle are a little bit mushy, but I think that is just (laughs) the case of having 22 episodes in a season. Mm -hmm. There has to be some sort of filler, as we've said, (laughs) and not Mm -hmm. every single episode can be like this huge dramatic arc like you get now in TV shows that are 10 episodes long or something or that are like bingeable because they all are released at once, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is no The House of the Dragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, like, 10-year gaps oh my in between God, it's episodes. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and on the note of filler episodes, I a while ago had listened to an interview with uh, Claire and Emma who do the Love to See It podcast, and they were talking to Game of Thrones, which is a Bachelor recap podcast. Oh, (laughs) Game of Roses, you're right. Um, And they, one of them, Claire, Emma, I can't remember, unfortunately, were talking about the role of filler episodes Mm -hmm. and, like, content, and it as, like, providing the space to allow your brain to, like, cognitively process the storylines and everything going on. Like, it actually is giving you the space to rest almost Mm -hmm. and that if you have like bang 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 like all the highs rather than you know some lows mixed in you don't have the time to like think and uh so yeah I think filler episodes kind of fill that out here and we've also talked about like it just gives you the time to see shenanigans and really love characters in a way that you wouldn't otherwise so I do think they continue to have a really important function in Gilmore Girls but in terms of recapping week by week that I think that puts us in an interesting relationship (laughs) with them (laughs) yeah they're like in story plotting they're the fun and games where you get to know quirks and things about the characters but there's no big stakes at the moment and Mm -hmm. honestly some of those filler episodes are like the most comforting episodes of the whole show part of what makes like stars hollow so memorable to everybody is some of those filler episodes with like the Mm -hmm. weird festivals or Kirk and Taylor doing weird things and stuff like that so yeah even though we're frustrated in the moment wanting things to happen Mm -hmm. they're still good episodes yeah and sometimes they are really fun to recap and then sometimes not you know it can be really hit or miss uh in terms of like uh, personal preference like oh did they highlight the character I really wanted them to or so- something like that you know so mm-hmm. so what were some of your you already mentioned a couple alternate universe theories um did you have any others for this season yeah I brainstormed several I don't know if I'll mention all of them but one I did want to open with and I think this is something people have brought up before but I think it pairs nicely with their discussion at the top about Rory and Lorelai and the like lack of boundaries between them (laughs) it's the thought of like what if Rory went to Harvard instead of Yale and I thought about that a bit because when I was like preparing my notes I looked at the like road trip to Harvard episode and that's an example of a filler episode I really love like Mm -hmm. I could rewatch that it's just such a gem of like youthful optimism and excitement <laughs> and a journey and the the inn they go to um <laughs> but anyway thinking about if Rory had gone to Harvard like how much more that would have per- pushed her to become her own person and also Lorelai because she'd be so much like she'd be further from mm-hmm. Stars Hollow right yeah that's and true. um maybe that just would have granted her some space from everyone she knows like Paris would have been at Yale um her grandparents wouldn't have been so close of course Harvard is still like I'm sure could have fed into like the sheltered privilege entitled nature still but like it just would have been further removed and it would have been interesting to see like um they just keep saying she's gonna go to Harvard she's gonna go to Harvard what would it look like if she actually did would it have been everything she dreamt it was Mm -hmm. or not you know um yeah could have been something, but I, but yeah, it could have been something. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to know about Harvard, something we didn't realize when we were recapping that episode, but we have since been informed of by some nice tour guides at our campus for prospective students. The shot of the Harvard Library is actually the English building on our campus where we have literally worked for five to six years <laughs> we didn't it's notice we became friends yeah <laughs> our so shared cool. office where we would talk about tv yeah is in that building so it's really a, a good like fun fact yeah <laughs> another thing i never even brought up to you uh when rory goes in to talk to like her guidance counselor very early on before she joins the puffs i noticed in the background there's like a calendar hanging up and the picture looks like alt you know, the building oh, on yeah. campus. 
I think it's probably a calendar of like um, college architecture. Oh, but I'm cool. pretty sure that's another building on our campus, just in the background wow. of Belmore Girls. So it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did not notice that. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have an alternate theory? Maybe you can like ping pong back and forth. <laughs> yeah, most of mine have to do with uh, like if things had gotten differently for Jess. I really mm-hmm. loved the episode when Jess and Paris and Rory were talking about books. And at during yeah. that episode, I floated the idea of what if Jess went to Yale, which I think would be so yeah. cool. But I also think it would be cool if in this moment... I cannot see Jess doing well in his state of mind at Chilton. I think it would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do like the idea of maybe him and Paris and Rory getting together on the weekends to talk about books. Because um, they're, I think once we get into season three, a lot of the time their relationship becomes centered on relationshipness <laughs> and they kind of lose their uh, enthusiasm for books and stuff but with Paris there if they just had like a little book club of course they wouldn't call it that because none of them would be in a book club because they're all snobs mm-hmm. but <laughs> if they had something like that I think that would be really cool mm-hmm. um, I'd also love to see what their picks would be maybe somebody should start a, a Paris Rory and Jess book club pick every month just like Reese Witherspoon's does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have the same appeal as Reese, Reese I'm Witherspoon. I'm sure. It would, or Oprah. It would make things jump right <laughs> to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> totally. Option movies out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have yeah, any other? That's good. I just want to follow up. And reiterate that your idea about them at Yale is a fantastic one. And it came up in our TikTok comments that maybe you should write a fanfic mm-hmm. of that. Um, yeah. It would be great. <laughs> I'll work on it. <laughs> My last kind of alternative theory or alternate universe theory, I should say. <laughs> it's like, what if uh, Dean was assigned as Jess's tutor oh, instead gosh. of... You know, like, okay, because here we are. This episode, this would be like, uh, maybe Dean is also in trouble at school. Uh, so, like, the punishment for both of them is like, well, Jess needs a tutor. So, Dean, you have to do it. And they, like, I don't know. It could be, it could lead them to have a storyline together. Maybe they would become buds as a result. Or maybe <laughs> this is a romance. I don't know who's writing this, but, like. There's that, you know. I like that. I think it would have to happen earlier in the season, mm-hmm. like before, maybe before Tiska Tasket. Yeah. And that would, oh my God, that would change so much. Right. I guess I was just thinking about like, what if rather than only having interactions because of Rory, what would happen if they were forced in a situation where they have to like interact and mm-hmm. maybe it could have changed their relationship. Maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe it would have just made things worse, but that would be interesting as well. Yeah, we got to see Dean and Lane have that school project together. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right, something like that. Oh, that'd be cool. If only they went to Chilton, then they would be thrown into a group project with each other yeah. because that always <laughs> happens there. <laughs> I think the last thing we want to get to is a specific style of alternate universe theories, mm-hmm. which is our supernatural and fantasy ideas about the show which we did last time around we imagined a lot of the characters as witches or wolves or vampires do you have any other thoughts about our kind of fantasy universe we've been building (laughs) yeah I've been thinking about this quite a lot (laughs) um I think one we forgot to mention in the actual episode last time was that the Kims are a long line of family of vampire hunters which fits their personality very well, I think. <laughs> right. Oh, before we get too far, can we do a bit of a oh, uh, yeah. refresher sure. maybe for people who for some reason didn't <laughs> listen to that? Yeah, so we've got <laughs> the Gilmore women, the Gilmore girls mm-hmm. per se, are uh, <laughs> uh, witches. They come from a long line of witches. You can really see that in Emily's like kind of uh, coven superior kind of 
demeanor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we've got the Kims also as vampire hunters. We had Jess and Luke as werewolves, of course. Logan as a vampire. I don't remember what Dean was. Dean was <laughs> the hapless human. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, who doesn't know anything. And yeah. everyone in the comments, because uh, I made a TikTok about this as well. And everyone in the comments really loved yeah. our placement of Dean as the dumb human. And they compared him to Matt from The Vampire Diaries, yeah. which is exactly <laughs> the reference I was thinking of as well. And a lot of people either appreciated the irony or missed the irony that Jared Padalecki, who is in Supernatural, was not the Supernatural character in our headcanon. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's <laughs> the whole point. And you had said, like, what if um, he was, like, secretly undercover? Uh, that's yeah. kind of a potential crossover with Supernatural, right? I'm not as familiar with that show, but... <laughs> yeah, and that's why he mm -hmm. he picked the name Dean on Gilmore Girls because his brother's name is Dean in Supernatural. And Madeline <laughs> and Louise were also vampires. Mm -hmm. So in this world, it's kind of like the, like the rich and upper class are kind of like the vampires, you know, kind of feeding on the rest of society. It's quite metaphorical, <laughs> right? <laughs> And Paris was, um, what was Paris again? I think we said like a, like a mad scientist oh, yeah. or yeah. mage or something. Yeah. I think both of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some, some sort of alchemist type of character. Right. So for the, I, I came up with a couple other townspeople characters and I want to preface this by saying there is technically a difference between supernatural and fantasy but and all of the townspeople I'm going to talk about now are fantasy people, fantasy beings. I don't have any real explanation for that, except I couldn't think of any more su supernatural characters. <laughs> so the first one I have is Taylor. I believe he would be a bridge troll. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he needs his, he would give riddles to get people to pass and stuff. He's the gatekeeper mm. of the town. <laughs> mm -hmm. and he's also just a, a grump it seemed fitting for taylor that's good and then i have babette would be a banshee <laughs> <laughs> and that's entirely based off of her voice quality mm -hmm. and the fact that she like she speaks very loudly and high-pitched often yeah miss patty i was a little bit conflicted about i think i came up with because i wanted it to be something like that uh, has to do with her sexuality and her like seductiveness. Mm. So I think she would mm -hmm. be a siren or something like that. Mm. There are all sorts yeah. of different types of creatures that kind of fall into that category. But yeah, I think she'd be something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And the last one I have is for Kirk. He would be a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> he finds money yeah. in the strangest of places and hoards mm -hmm. it. And he just seems <laughs> like he would be a leprechaun. Just from mm -hmm. his personality and physique. <laughs> I like those. I like those a lot. I thought for about two months about all those. So it, I think it paid off. And I, can you explain the distinction between supernatural and fantasy? I yeah. think I was using them interchangeably on accident. Well, supernatural usually falls under fantasy as mm -hmm. a subcategory. Supernatural usually refers to people or humanoid creatures things that have been human or are human with uh extra powers or some sort whether it's like a vampire yeah. or werewolf okay yeah all of those start off as humans just like and witches also like their base characteristic mm -hmm. is human <laughs> uh whereas mm -hmm. like the fantasy creatures i was just talking about they're something else they can look humanoid yeah. but they're something different okay. i don't know if that's like the dictionary definition that would uh differentiate the two but that's how i've always viewed it <laughs> that can be the talking fast operational definition yeah. of supernatural <laughs> versus fantasy so it is set <laughs> something i wanted to add as i was listening uh i can't remember if we said this on the podcast or if we talked about it afterward but i think christopher would be a ghost <laughs> oh yeah he just flits in and out <laughs> Yeah, and he haunts Lorelai. Yeah. Uh, he's like the boyfriend from her past who is haunting her, and she can't quite get rid of him. 
And he's like stuck in this world because he hasn't had like a resolution himself, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he's the ghost. Yeah, I like that. That's good. (laughs) Cool. All right. This brings us, I think, to an end, Mm -hmm. unless there's anything else you want to add. I don't think so. I think we've covered it. I I am, again, just surprised, like always kind of surprised that we've made it (laughs) all the way through two seasons from the Mm -hmm. random idea we floated to each other two year a year and a half ago at this point or a year ago yeah. at something like that <laughs> yeah a little over a yeah. year and I can't wait to go we've got five seasons left it's gonna be great I know I kind of feel like we're Rory about to go off to Yale mm-hmm. even though she doesn't go to Yale in season three <laughs> but I do remember that much about <laughs> season three people um <laughs> but we just have big things coming mm-hmm. um and I feel like we've done, we've accomplished a lot. We just graduated high school and we're about to go to college and do some bigger and better things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where I'll end the metaphor. But it's been a really, it's been a blast mm-hmm. and a delight this season. And we'll be back next week with our first interview. Yeah. So really exciting. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us, as we said earlier. And join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. Keep an eye out for every change that's coming for us in the next couple months. Yeah. Stay tuned. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.